Within printed page rests fates unseen, doused in ink and laid between. Shadows lurk within your findings to other realms and beyond the lines. I'm Max Lopez, and uh, welcome to episode 20 of Beyond the Bindings. Uh, it, we're jumping into the month of February right now, which is Black History Month. So each week I will be celebrating a different black author in, uh, in writing history, which I'm really excited, both new and old, uh, from across the world, really. So not focusing specifically on American authors. Although this week I am going to be covering Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison, which is... A story that really it predates um, the civil rights movement, which started in 1954. Invisible Man was published in 1952, which means I assume he was probably writing it in the late 40s or uh, really early in 1950, 1951. And really what this book covers is uh, concepts and themes such as black nationalism, individuality, and personal identity as a black American at this period of time. And it's very interesting because the main character who this is all to turned and uh, told in his point of view as the narrator is an unnamed black man throughout the entire story. He does not get a name. And it, it's a rather long story and there's a lot to it as far as the experiences that he goes through. And it, it starts and he actually lives in the South where you could assume things are pretty horrible um, for him and he's just trying to make his way and make the best out of life that he could possibly make it. And he ends up earning a scholarship to go to college, which he is thrilled about, but he gets it in this really backwards way where he has to basically do this blind battle royale for these white men in order to gain what he wants to achieve which is so twisted in so many different ways and uh i think that ellison's whole point of this is trying to establish like the stranglehold that white america white american white america had over um black citizens at the time um to basically showing that for them to accomplish any goals they had to cross this barrier or i i suppose you could say like um you know, pay this fee or whatever it's going to be. And uh, it's quite brutal and very um, primal in, in like, in the way that they make them fight over this. Um. But he eventually does get to go to college, and then it flash forward, flashes forward to him in college, and he's doing what he can to make some money to, um, to be able to pay his way throughout. And it is all black college, and he ends up, doing some work for a man named uh, Mr. Norton is what he's called in the story. And he's basically his chauffeur, chauffeur. And one day he's showing him around town and he ends up bringing him to kind of the slums, like the, 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 seed, the I don't want to say seedier, but kind of uh, less affluent side of town. And Mr. Norton is a white man and he sees things that are kind of appalling to him. And uh, he, he eventually meets this character, um, and the character tells him this story that completely shocks him and it's something that he was so not prepared for that he kind of goes into an actual state of shock like uh like the the protagonist is generally worried for mr norton's health at this time and he ends up taking him uh 
out of the situation, brings him over uh, into his car, and they're driving around, and the man wants to stop for a drink. He's claiming that he needs to uh, have a drink of whiskey in order to calm his body down. Ends up bringing him into this tavern, um, which more chaos kind of ensues, and the, the man ends up even in an even worse state. And really, eventually, this causes the protagonist to be uh, expelled, I would say, or removed from his college and told he has to move to New York. And he thinks when he moves there that he's going to be able to buy his way back into the college, which he later finds that he is not going to be able to do that. And that the uh, person running the school, um, Dr. Bloodsoe, I believe was his name, had no intentions of letting him back into the college. So eventually, when he's in New York, he ends up doing some work here and there. He, um, he ends up working with a group of black nationalists known as the Brotherhood, where he ends up kind of being like a, a key speaker and a, a big influential part of kind of getting uh, the area of New York City um, to see more of the Brotherhood's ideals. So, uh, and this would be Harlem in New York City. And so he, the Brotherhood is kind of spread out throughout New York City, and he is just covering specifically Harlem. And within this, he's really just kind of coming of age. He's about, he's 19 when the story starts, and I kind of assume that he ages about five years throughout the entire story, although, like, I might be wrong about that, but necessarily, like, the time leaps aren't necessarily an important part of it. But as he goes through, he has, has a lot of ups, and then he has just as many downs while working for the Brotherhood. And eventually, he discovers that this is all kind of leading up into this race riot that, um, that the Brotherhood has kind of established in order to create um, a stronger knowledge of what white America is doing to black, black America within, even in New York, where... Um, they don't have the same racial issues as they did in the South. Although the racial issues are still there, it's they're almost masked. And uh, that's kind of just uh, a very like brief gist of what the story is about. The major themes, though, besides um, black nationalism, which I I associate more with being an idea or concept that Ellison is is showing within this story. The, the biggest themes in the, in the story is both individuality, individuality and personal identity, which I thought really come through almost immediately, especially on the personal identity aspect of it. And so when I was reading the story, I noticed that right away, even the way that some of his, um, that his like superiors at the college would speak to him, that this main protag that this protagonist had had his identity stripped from him when he was living in the south and he didn't get to be himself and he didn't get to be anything more than just a black man which he strips that personal side of it away from him like you are a black man you are a hispanic man you are a white man but you're so much more or black woman hispanic woman white woman indian woman doesn't matter that's your cultural identity, but then there's that individual identity that Ellison is making really clear has been stripped from him. And this protagonist is really just kind of a like a figurehead representing 
black America at the time, which I found fascinating and incredibly well done and very enlightening, um, which makes this story incredibly relevant today, just just as much today as it is as it was when it was was published in 1952. And I find that so curious because there's so much about this that we can learn even in this society where like some of some people can say like oh we're so withdrawn from the racial like the prejudice that were prevalent in the south in the in the early early 20th century or mid 20th century and it's truly are we past that no unfortunately we're not past that but this is still incredibly relevant and helps us to understand exactly like kind of those concepts that have come around in the last couple of years, not necessarily come around, but have kind of reared their head in the last couple of years, things such as white privilege. It's the things that we don't have to deal with that black Americans, Mexican Americans, that um, Americans from other cultures have to deal with that that white americans don't have to deal with that's what right white privilege is and although he's not explicit allison isn't explicitly calling it that that's a lot of what he's showing here is that that black america doesn't always get the opportunity to be that individual self they always have to be this label and the last thing anybody wants to be is a label and thinking into education and um, how we label children with special needs and everything like that. We're still you. There's such this this push in education to use person first language like he's not an autistic boy. He's a boy who has autism um, and we need to use that language elsewhere, too. It doesn't need to just be used in school and referring to with to kids with special needs or uh, anybody with special needs we can be referring to people of different cultures of different races in this way as well. You are an individual first and that label should always come second. And sometimes that label should not come at all and it should be completely irrelevant. Um, and I just, I, I was so amazed with how, how relevant this story is. Unfortunately, you know, it's, it's horrible that it still has to be this enlightening to people and kind of produce this image of what the world still is. And I think that it can help a lot of people grow. And I think that it can help people that are open-minded to understand what the struggle is for black America and what the struggle is continuing and, and will only stop if we all kind of band together. And I think that that makes this book just as relevant now as it was when it was written in the 1950s. And I think that's a beautiful thing to celebrate. And I mean, going in, get, jumping into this book, I wanted to cover for Black History Month, I wanted to cover something that was relevant to the topic of Black America. And while also at the same time choosing authors that are, that write fantasy novels, that write sci-fi novels, that, you know, just write anything really. It didn't have to be about the concept of Black America. But um I was I was nervous going into this one just because um, the concepts are so heavy and it's so relevant and it's so important and it means so much to so many people and it's such a sensitive topic for so many people. And as I read through it and thinking of how I wanted to present this information and how I wanted to talk about it, my thing is not to retell you the story. It's not necessarily to give you my review on whether or not I 
like, you know, picking at it, seeing what I liked about it, what I didn't like about it. That's not really my point of this whole thing I do here. And this is the, this is the concepts that I want to talk about. These, these are the things that we should all want to talk about. These are the things that through conversation between all these different cultures, between black America, between white America, between Hispanic America, all of these different groups of people, the only thing that will ever change it is if we come together and talk about it. Whether I'm talking about it here to myself or, or whether this podcast or this book inspires you to go have that conversation with somebody else and I think that's the most important thing right now. Our racial issues in this country are are the most prevalent problem that we have. It is something that's been going on for so long and too many people turn a blind eye to it and act as if like, "Oh, it's not the 50s anymore. It's not, you know, it's not the 1800s." It doesn't matter if people are still oppressed, if people are still not living the life that they deserve as an American. Then, then we do have a problem and there is something that we need to address. And even though things have changed, it doesn't ma mean that there's still not change that needs to happen. It doesn't mean that there's still not tough conversations that need to be had. And I think it's really important that we address them and don't pretend like it's not a thing because it most certainly is. And although it may not affect you and though it, although it may not always affect others it, it's still affecting people out there every single day right now as you listen to this podcast as i record this podcast as i read all these books these people these people people in general are not being able to are not being given the same opportunities as everybody else and i think that this book shows that stripping of personal identity that it's not right and it's unconstitutional, it's un-American to strip somebody's personal identity from them and label them with what you decide them decide that they need to be labeled as. And the worst part of all of this is the mental games that are played that get those people, whether it's black America or whatever, that the mind games that are played in order to get them to believe that they are just that label too. And that is the root of a lot of this, is that they have to submit to it to a certain degree, which is so wrong, which it, it, it continues to strip them of their personal identity, which does not do any good with our progression of humanity in this world. And Again, I just I find it so amazing that Ellison was able to project this in such an incredible way back then. And it, what you know makes me incredibly sad is the lesson still needs to be learned today. And I, I suppose you could say, well, progress doesn't just happen overnight. And it's like, yeah, sure, it doesn't. But like, let's take a look at technology uh, from the early 1900s to 2022. That's a hundred years and look where we've come like back then they didn't have I don't, I don't have to address what they didn't have in the early 1900s to you i want you to think about what we have in 2022 122 late 122 years later i'm sitting in front of a screen right now with a microphone in my face i'm recording everything for you and i'm going to put it up and you're going to go on spotify or apple or wherever you're going to listen to my podcast you're going to read about me on Instagram, you're going to see the pictures I take in my living room, all that kind of stuff. In 122 years, 
And in the last 300 years or more of black oppression in the United States and the world, and you're saying that we, that progression doesn't happen overnight, I think overnight's happened. I think that, I think that we've gone way too long and haven't gone, gone far enough. And I think that uh, books like this and people who are willing to have the conversation are the only way that this stuff is ever going to change and ever start moving in the right direction of peace and equality for all people in America, but also the world. Um, because we're just a snapshot, obviously, of this entire thing we live on here. And I think it's really important for us to continue this conversation. So another aspect that I thought of through this book that kind of relates directly to this individuality and personal identity is, does acceptance imply celebration? Meaning, can you identify, can you, can you, can your identity still be taken in the society in which you're accepted? So I wrote that down a few, like a couple of days ago. I'm going to say it again. Does acceptance imply celebration? Can you, can your identity still be taken in a society in which you are accepted? So I, what I mean by that is you live in this world where you're accepted. Generally you're accepted. You, you know, nobody thinks twice about you. But your identity is still taken from you in that way that you're not, people don't look at you and say, oh, it's, it's Mike, or it's Bradley, or it's Max, or whoever it is. You're still, your personal identity is still, still stripped from you, even in a world that you're accepted. And I suppose that you can't really expect people to not just like put a label on you when they pass you, but I, but I think that we can learn to just not put a label on people and not really think anything of people. But I think uh, this kind of goes with like the people watching. You know, some people love to people watch, and uh, I suppose that's great. But or I suppose I I see where that's entertaining. But when you people watch, you're starting to put labels on people, um, and and and. I guess, yeah, let's just call it putting labels on people that you don't know. And you're, you're basically judging them for actions that you really don't know, know or have any background to. And so you're stripping them of their personal identity when you do that. And, and I don't mean to lay judgment on anybody who does this. I, I, I'm just using it as an example as that's what's hap That's what Allison is putting into, into shine. This is what Ellison is shining a light on in this story is that by judging them just based on the way they look and what you know about or what what society has told you about the way they look is stripping them of who they are individually and not allowing them to ever get the chance to become who they actually are which i think is ultimately what the protagonist means when he says that he is an invisible man he will always be maintain his individuality within himself which is very empowering in this story because you see what he goes through and what he goes through is something that i for one won't won't and have not had to deal with and you know i don't want to say i'm fortunate for that but man like that like i feel for you and i i i'm here to stand with you and i and i I don't think I can ever fully understand what that's like, but I can most certainly stand and respect your struggle and, and stand and fight for you. Because again, if we don't fight together, if we don't stand up together, nothing is ever really going to change. 
but the protagonist it's it's almost like goes with that like why Allison didn't name him because he's not supposed to he's supposed to be stripped of his identity and of his name and everything like that but within him especially in the epilogue that you in that with especially within the epilogue you see that he's always maintained his personal identity he's always maintained his individuality his struggle is that society hasn't been able to maintain that for him which ultimately by the end of it he's very accepting of it and he he understands why and everything that led him to that point gives him such a good idea of why it is but he he understands why but he doesn't i mean he he has he's forced to accept it and he's forced to almost kind of um take himself out of society because he's got a certain level at least i picked up that he's got a certain level of disrespect for it which I mean, of course, why wouldn't he? I mean, he, he hasn't been given the opportunities that he deserves. He hasn't been given the opportunities that all Americans deserve. So this is just an incredible story. It is not easy to read at all. Like, meaning like it's, it's really intense and like it goes through moments of him just kind of living life into very, very intense moments that are the sort of sort of stories that we can read and grow from and i i just i i think that ellison did an incredible job i think that it's not pretty it's not easy to read in the way not in like his prose are actually really good i think that he's he's an incredible writer but it's not easy to read just as far as the concept goes but not all the not all the things in life that are hard or what is that saying uh not everything in life that's worth fighting for is, is easy to get. Or, so I totally butchered that. But I, I think you guys understand what I'm getting at here. Is this The concepts and ideas that you can get a further understanding of from this story are worth the time and effort it takes to read it. So I highly recommend it. Uh, it is so relevant and so important right now. And I, I'm... I'm just incredibly grateful that I stumbled upon it and uh, and decided to take the leap and read it because it, it truly has changed. I don't want to say it's changed my way of thinking, but uh, it's further enlightened me into the struggle of black America. And uh, again, I just want to say that I know that I can never truly understand what you, or empathize even really, with what you've been through because I haven't been through it but I can stand with you and I can f and I can fight with you and I can speak out with you and that that's I think what we need the only thing we have is each other and we need to come together uh, in order to solve these problems so Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison incredible just as relevant now as it was in 1952 and I believe will continue continue to be that relevant uh, until we solve these problems that we have and uh moving into the rest of february i am currently reading uh black leopard red wolf which i am loving right now i just started this morning and uh it is very cool and i can't wait to cover it next week uh so thank you all for joining me and uh, thank you all for celebrating black history month with me 
uh, just remember to go out there and celebrate yourself and uh, remember that if we don't change things together, things probably won't change for a long time and you and I probably won't get to see them change. So uh, it's really important that we step up, step up together. Well, thank you everybody for listening. I am Max Lopez and this is Beyond the Bindings.